Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. So, yes, let's start with Derek Carr. Sorry, guys. Just because I mentioned twice that I want to read you this list, and we can, I mean... There's no massive Bills news we need to put in front of it, is there? Sal, we're okay here, I hope? <laughs> I think so, yeah. As of right now, at least. As of right now. Mike Tanier of Football Outsiders lists three good, ideal is his word, landing spots for Derek Carr. The Jets, that's in the news today. He visited them. There are quotes from the Jets about how impressed they are with him or were. And, like, that sounds right. You know, a little bit of public schmoozing, maybe. Uh, Carolina... It was, I guess it was myself who put Carr on Carolina in our draft on Friday as I'm looking at it now. And, you know, yep, that, that could be right. And his third team is New England. Mm-hmm. He, he writes, Mac Jones ain't going to happen. That Carr would fit with Bill O'Brien for a few reasons. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, could the Patriots get out on Mac Jones? Didn't, did you guys see some other Raiders rumor with him? This weekend with Josh McDaniel, I, I don't know, Sal. What do you think the merits are of New England looking elsewhere for Mac Jones? I think it's possible. I, from what I remember and kind of have been reading, like Belichick didn't seem super duper committed to him at the end of the season. Uh, he sounded a little bit lukewarm and left the door open. Now that's Belichick, right? I mean, you don't really ever get much definitive from him him anyway, but. I guess early in the year he sounded even more so kind of like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But at the end of the year, it wasn't. And then they had all those changes. And, you know, I think that, you know, he even said himself, basically, that like they they made a lot of mistakes last year with, you know, however he phrased it, like they have to kind of go back and change some things. And that's why they bring in Bill O'Brien and, you know, Patricia is no longer doing that and judge and all that kind of stuff. So I would not rule it out that they move on from Mac Jones. I still think it's unlikely they do that, though. Um, I think Robert Kraft probably would not really endorse that move necessarily, but we'll see where it goes on that. Yeah, it, 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 I, I think I picked New England on Friday. I don't remember who mm-hmm. I matched there. Maybe Garoppolo? Zach did. With uh, New oh, England. Zach did? Yeah, you oh. wanted to. I wanted to because, I, yeah, I, I made the case that O'Brien is there now and it's possible anyway that he, like, just goes to Belichick and, like, we got to, you know, there's a better idea, let's find it, uh, than this guy. Um, so, like, that's not, you know, to me out of the question, but it was, you know, a long shot when I, when I thought to say it, uh, I think. And that's still where I'd be. I think it would make sense for them to see if Jones can show signs of progress with – well, I don't know, for lack of a better way to put this, a real offensive coach, which he's got now. Yeah, and I mean, there's just been some rumblings and things said about how, like, Jones's personality and Belichick, they're not like a super great mesh, and Belichick was a little frustrated with the way some things went. Now, I don't know, like, is that 
just the way he was. And there was some other stuff last year with the way it, he was with um, Patricia, right? I mean, yep. just how how they kind of went at it a little bit. So we'll see. I, I And the Patriots have a lot of money this offseason. They really do. Like, if they want to make a move, the door is kind of open, right? I mean, I'm... I don't know if you've seen anything about them like being connected to Lamar Jackson necessarily or Aaron Rodgers, but those are that's this is like the year where that would be maybe the kind of move. Look, Belichick is, I believe, eighteen wins away from Don Shula. He wants that record. I think we all know that. It's not gonna get it this year. Does he even get it in two years? How long does he want to wait on to do that? Because he wants that record. They have money, they want to win, they haven't made the playoffs a couple of years. There's there's heat coming on him from Kraft a little bit, so I, I'm. I think that there could be some changes that maybe even more so than people might have thought originally. Here, just would love to know what he really thinks about the Bills, Belichick, and just mm-hmm. how much of a problem that he thinks he probably thinks it's beatable, right? And he anybody would, any coach would think like there's a path. You know, he knows who he is, and how do I get? past them or how do I even beat them like that's been a problem for New England outside of like 50 mile an hour wind nights so I wonder what he thinks there really you know at his age too I'm not sure even really what it matters like he's got to figure out some way of his quarterback isn't so much the problem like he's in he hasn't been able to stop ours in these games yeah right um but just good point it's getting late and right now they are a level below how about Carr and the Jets. So, again, that's like the topic today just went there. How would you guys feel about them if they got him? So, I think they're better, obviously, than they were. I mean, I don't know how much worse you can get for the quarterback play they got last year. I mean, he's going to be 32. He's not super old. He can still play. There's some inconsistencies. I think he's done very well. Better. I think his numbers are pretty good, are really good, actually, and probably he's been a better quarterback overall in the landscape than he's been given credit for over the years. I don't think they become some unbelievably huge threat suddenly with Derek Carr. Um, And I still think that there are now things you have to think about for the future. Now, that's going to happen anyway. They want a veteran quarterback. It's funny. I saw was watching Mike Tannenbaum this morning. He said, I think they should draft somebody. I'm thinking, no, that's like the least thing they should do. They've been trying this. They they have a window now. They want to win. They feel they have a roster here that's ready. They want a veteran quarterback. The owner has said that. So I think they'd be a better team. I don't think they're challenging for the Bills for the division. They still have offensive line issues. To me, uh, what's Brees Hall's situation coming back? How does that look? And um, I, I don't think Carr is such a threat, you know, overall as a quarterback in the division compared to Josh Allen or anybody like that. He's definitely not, excuse me, sorry. He's definitely not on Allen's level. Uh, I don't think anyone would assert that he is. Uh, but I, I, I think at the same time, from where they're coming from, you're talking mm-hmm. about what would be a massive upgrade, uh, I think, yeah. e- even though his ceiling is, is you know lower than the best guys. Um, so I, I think that they're, they're, they'd be in the mix for, I think, second best team in the division for sure. And I'm not. I'm not going to be as quick to say they they wouldn't be a threat to the Bills. Like defensively, they have done a job. They're like the opposite of New England uh, yeah. as it pertains to stopping Allen in this offense, and that's not just last year's results. Um, you know, there's, there's a game there from the the big breakthrough year where the Bills, uh, uh, what was it, six field goals or something. Um, so I, I think the Jets, I would take them seriously. Eat, if they got Derek Carr. I like Derek Carr for them more there than I would say I like Aaron Rodgers. That's interesting. And 
Maybe so, especially with the how Rogers kind of is wishy washy and what his future holds. Right there, I don't exactly know you know your reasons, but I can understand that. I mean, even if you have to, even if you get Aaron Rodgers, what is it in twenty twenty four then? Right? I mean, at least you get Carr. You have a few yeah. years of stability probably with them, and they can continue to build what they're building, and they would be pretty good. It, it's such an interesting spot for them because they, if they really want Rodgers, they're going to have to wait. And in the meantime, if they wait too long. Suddenly, Carr goes somewhere else. Now they're left. If, what if Rogers then doesn't become a free agent or right. get, get go on to another team or whatever? So they have to kind of make a decision sooner rather than later, especially if they you know don't want to wait around for Aaron Rodgers and be left holding nothing basically at the end. Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. You tweeted this morning that tomorrow is the first yeah. day for teams to place franchise tags on players or transition tags. Lamar Jackson might be the most prominent name in the league for this i think it's probably a formality but they have two weeks starting tomorrow in which to do that do the bills have any candidates yes they have two candidates but i don't think either will get it um one is more of a candidate than the other that would be tremaine edmonds the other candidate is jordan poyer and the only reason i include jordan as a candidate is because he's a high profile free agent he's one of their best players and he's going to free agency but everything that's the way this his situation's been handled since august really just basically lends you to they're not going to do that. It seems like they've never really been super eager to get something done there. Whatever those contract negotiations look like, it's never seemed like it's been on a track to ever really being resolved or the Bills even necessarily going out of their way to try to make sure they retain Jordan Poyer as much as I think he wanted that to happen. You go back to August and you have Drew Rosenhaus coming to camp and it just, there was, oh, this must mean they're going to be doing something. It never really happened. It never materialized and it didn't seem like the Bills were you know, ready to do that necessarily. At his age, I can't see them doing that. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds would be more of the candidate, but I don't think they're going to do it for him either because it's $20 million. <laughs> and let's just say, let's play this out now, for example. Even if the bill said, well, look, we want to retain Tremaine, so here's our, here's our mechanism, let's pull that lever, we're going to keep him $20 million, here's the franchise tag. The way it works is, if they do that, $20 million counts towards their cap. For, so as long as they go without actually signing him, they have to count that $20 million on their cap. I don't see any way they'd be interested in doing anything like that. Right, and, and, and that would create, for Edmonds, maybe even more leverage. Because they would know right. that the Bills would be really eager to get out from under the $20 million number in the form of a long-term agreement, which they'd have until, what, the middle of July to get that done. Mm-hmm. And But that could drive that price up. And you don't want to be in that position either, I don't think, if you're the Bills. That's exactly right. And I think um, you know the Bills' philosophy under Brandon Bean is draft, develop, retain. And Tremaine, I think, is a great example of a guy they would love to do that with. Now, financial situation may dictate that they aren't able to do that, but I I think they're very interested in keeping Tremaine Edmonds, but they're going to put a number on it. They're going to probably try and do what's best. The, the, The good thing for Tremaine with the Bills situation, with the Bills side of things, is he's still so young they can give him a longer deal, like even a five-year deal. You don't see a lot of five-year deals necessarily in the NFL, but if they give him a five-year deal, other than quarterbacks, I guess, you can spread that money out further and longer to allow for the cap hit to be even less in these first couple of years where they're a little bit more salary cap challenge. So that's the, the really good news. And for Tremaine, you know, that doesn't he, – he can, he can do that and still get another big contract in, a, in four or five years even because he'll only be 30 years old at a position where he can still play at a high level. So I think that's the sweet spot. I think if you're going to do this, 
that's where it falls. The question just really comes down to how much you value him, value him and how much he can get on the open market. If if he's going to command 15, 18 million, I, I don't think that the bills are going to go that high. Um, they'd probably be more interested in something less. We'll see. I mean, some linebacker contracts of Ro- Roquan Smith, what, what are we talking, $20 million? No way. I don't see the Bills doing that. <laughs> right. Now, I will say, if you remember two years ago, this similar situation was basically playing out with Matt Milano, mm-hmm. and it looked like, yeah, they're probably not going to afford him. And then literally right when free agency you know, negotiating window opened, Levante David had signed, and then that kind of set where Milano would go, and bam, he was in the fold at $11 million a year. So, Sal, you've got free agency coming up here first, mid-March, and then the draft at the end of April. How do you think the Bills, or how would you go about kind of sort of trying to figure out which positions do I want free agency for and which positions am I thinking more in terms of the draft? Um, Maybe that starts with what you think happens in like rounds one and two of the draft i think i can do this it's hard when you're drafting 27th maybe to do that or if there's like a certain free agent player that you want how how might the bills try to assess which guys they want from each pool it's a really good question mike i think i think what it comes down to is they will project what the first round looks like well i shouldn't say it that way they'll project what the groups look like what positions what group is deep if they feel like they really need to add wide receiver, which I think a lot of us feel, and they feel it's a really good wide receiver group, maybe they don't target as much in free agency. If it's a thinner wide receiver group, maybe they'll be heavier on it in free agency. I think that's one way they're going to look at it. The other way to look at it is the prices of these players in free agency. Um, you know, Right now, you know, receivers are becoming expensive, but you're going to pay no matter what. Uh, I think it, So if you want to go out and get a, a guy that's going to be a free agent wide receiver – you look at that pool as well. You say, hmm, it's really not uh, it's not a great free agent pool. It's okay. I think there's good second and third level players. There's not these really big names necessarily, but even those guys are starting to cost money. So I think it's really where you want to allocate your value, which includes your dollars and includes how fluff the position is, I guess, in free agency and in the draft. And they're, they'll have all of that right there to kind of weigh which would be the better way to go. Maybe that is evidenced at least somewhat by what happened last year where corner was like all, almost the only position where you went, what are they going to do? Wallace left, yeah. and we talked about different possible – Joe Hayden and different possibilities in free agency. The Bills stood pat, and then by the time the draft rolled around, like, okay, well, this is when you do that. And there were guys uh, that they thought were worthy of it. You know, it turns out specifically Kyrie Elam. Um, they also have made – maybe this is most teams, but – certain depth signings before the draft. That's what Breida mm-hmm. was or Crowder or Duke Johnson in case, you know, different positions. I think they would do that differently, but just in case we don't get what we want out of the draft, we've got you. Yeah, they'll they'll do that as they started the other day with the Zane Anderson who they signed. You know, those are the different kinds of guys. And, of course, you know, he's more of a special teams role player, but that's exactly right. That's exactly what they'll do. Um, they'll have free agency and, you know, there'll be a, a nice guy here that you know by name. They'll do that, and then after a couple of weeks, they'll start to fill out their roster a little bit more, including bringing their own guys back. I think that's the other thing that people have to remember here. Like, I look at O-line. The Bills have five offensive linemen who are scheduled to become unrestricted free agents. Saffold, Quesaberry, Butker, Van Roten, and Hart. Like, don't be surprised if they get 
a few of those back and they just sign short, you know, um, minimum deals because they're not going to be in demand and be getting big deals in the open market. So why not stay with, you know, the group that you had and they could get a better deal somewhere else, but these will be the minimum type salary guys. There'll be guys they can use the veteran salary benefit on, which basically means each team gets a certain number of people they can sign to a minimum salary for the number of years that they've been in the league, but it only counts for, a lot less, basically, and it, that encourages, it's through the NFLPA, to encourage guys who've been in the league to get deals because they don't outprice themselves simply because they've been in the league too long. What do you suppose happened to Saffold this year, Sal? Like that that looked like a, a, a kind of a sneaky, smart signing, familiarity with the new yeah. coach, um, maybe, you know, an upgrade in an area you were, you were lacking, uh, you know, run blocking-wise. And it just seemed like that that was a, a real struggle this year. Like, I, I want to say sitting here right now, I'd be surprised if he came back unless there's something that was going on behind the scenes that accounted for his performance. I, I think he had a pretty tough year. Yeah, I did. Maybe age just caught up with him uh, playing time. You know, he play, he's played a lot of football. Uh, he's been relatively healthy most of his career. He missed some games early in his career. But if you look really over the last seven, eight years, he's he's played almost every game. Uh, maybe it's a game here or there, and that's a lot of football, and he's gone deep into the playoffs a couple of different times. So you know, that could just very well be it. And then as the season went on, I think especially at the end, you saw there were more mistakes, and I just think maybe that could really be it. I I wouldn't discount him coming back, but I, I don't think they're interested in you know going out and giving him some deal that's going to you know get a bidding war for him necessarily. It might be one of those things where, hey, and you could be right, Bulldog, maybe there's more going on there. Maybe there's something medical as well. But, hey, maybe we can sign him to a, a, a deal to come back and give it one last run here at a minimum salary. Maybe he has a rebound year. We'll see. But I, I just think it felt like to me that age and the amount he's played in this league kind of caught up to him. So I know you asked to run early. Do you have time for yeah. one more or do you got to go? Sure. Sure. Just have to take the dog to get uh, her nails trimmed before we go on vacation. Wow. She's with my parents so she doesn't basically scratch them all up and their furniture. Okay. After, That's what I have to do. I'm after, just letting you know. Yes, dog nails <laughs> later on WGR. Yes. Dogs nails. Um, the XFL. So mm-hmm. any takeaways? Like the, the changes in the rules, it's how to kick an extra point, which you don't actually kick in the XFL. It's the, the three-point play. The the fourth and 15 is of the onside kick. There are some interesting things here that have been bandied about before, but here was a game, what, yesterday or Saturday where yesterday, it came to fruition? Yeah. Yesterday, thanks. Uh, could you see things like that coming to the NFL? Do you think it's a given that they will or what? I could see eventually the extra point stuff that they do. I, I don't think that's something the NFL is interested in right now. I think the NFL, the way they do it, they like it. The kickers matter a little, a lot more, I guess. Um, you know, and, and there are, there are extra points missed, you know, it, we, we've seen it. Kickers struggled at times last year with extra points and big games. And look what happened to the playoffs with Dallas's kicker, right? That was very dramatic, actually. So I, I think those could be down the road. They've tried that fourth down thing. It's actually gaining more momentum every year, but they haven't fully gone in on it. The one I think is going to happen in some way is the kickoff and how they really reduce the collisions. We've seen all of that happening over the years, the last several years in the NFL. And the way that the XFL did it, I thought was really cool. Actually, these guys are what? Is it 10 yards apart maybe? Five, I think. And then you have to, five, five yards apart. Five instead they of kick 15. kick the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you have to, and then you, you can't go until the returner catches it. And then it's like a normal play. They're just right there blocking each other. They're not running 20 miles an hour smashing into each other. And I think that's something the NFL will probably look at. Very good. Uh, enjoy the vet. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, there's Sal Capaccio on our 
West Her Hotline. His appearance is brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? So they are fun to talk about, some of these. Like uh-huh. the 4th and 15 instead of the onside kick. Why not? Why not? If you want to play the safety card, play it here. The onside kick is too dangerous. We now have to legislate how many guys can stand on each side of the ball. What's not good about is it? I think maybe it's to answer my own question that which I should do. I should do that next week when you're not actually right here with me. Um, I, just tradition. Yeah, right. It's just it's it's just not how it's ever been done, and so anything that you do, especially if it comes from one of these startup spring leagues is going to be looked by some segment of your fan base as a gadget, a gimmick. Like, what what am I doing here? I've got the best, most popular league uh, maybe in the world, and what am I I'm, I'm borrowing from, from Vince McMahon or The Rock or, like, who? what, what am I doing? But that, 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 that shouldn't rule it out. I mean, I look, we, we've, we've been over it, mm-hmm. like, you know, pre-pandemic they, they, you know, started up. And, like, are you going to watch? Are you going to watch? And, again, I'm pretty cold about it. The the stuff I was seeing yesterday on my timeline while I was watching golf and auto racing really piqued my curiosity. Like, I, I'm, 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 you know, you, you've, you've got my attention. I think it, it couldn't have gone better for the league on their first weekend than to have that ending that they had in that game where, you, you know, you had all of that. You, you had a three-point conversion to make it a three-point game, and then you've got the, the fourth and 15 thing, and so you got a team scoring all these points in like a minute to win a game. Um, that gets your attention as a sports fan and as a football fan. So um, I hope the NFL isn't too proud to consider using things that their fans would probably like and giving yourself a chance – you know, I don't know, is it – fourth and 15 cannot possibly be perceived as too easy. Right. Um, From I, your I own 25, ha- I think. I guess you'd have to see, you know, what, what sort of conversion rate you get, um, how much it rivals the chances of re- actually recovering an onside kick. I don't think you want to make it too easy, but the onside kick thing seems dead. Like, it hardly ever works anymore. Yeah, I think you made a great point. Would the NFL be too proud? It's not our idea. I know I am. I, I, the the number of good ideas I've heard or read about, like the, for us, I shouldn't maybe tell you this. Over twenty years, it's got to be in the thousands that I wouldn't do because they weren't our idea. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, good idea. I am thinking about how good of an idea it is, but I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to mention it. It's not our idea. You know. The NFL will come up with like, okay, how about fourth and fourteen? <laughs> like, we just thought of something. Fourth and twenty. Yeah. <laughs> we just we just thought of it. We just had this great idea. I like I like that stuff though. It's fun to talk about, and I want to see if I can find out some odds here in terms of the bills or um, just chances to make. That's all probably out there. Overtime is is different. We'll get to this after after sports. Eight oh three oh five fifty. You like these sort of tricked up. XFL rules, are there any that you just think should be in the NFL, or are there different ones, dare I ask, that I'll are tell you something better else still? That I, I, I didn't experience because I never got to one of the games, but something that I read about also piqued my curiosity. I'll, I'll make sure and get to that when we get back to. Okay, lines open, Mike Schoep and the Bulldogs. Sabres and Leafs 
in Buffalo tomorrow night here on WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.